Hello and welcome to the Talking Heads podcast with me, Saul Walker. And me, Lucy Chamberlain. This podcast delves into Lucy and I's lives as head gardeners of two private estates in Devon and Essex, as well as casting an eye over horticultural events and our personal gardening passions. As the daytime lengthens and birdsong fills the air, it means spring is finally here. It's that time of year every gardener loves as another growing season kicks off with a fanfare of daffodils, early blossom and the germination of our precious seedlings. Every Saturday we will bring you a new episode on a diverse range of subjects such as what we are growing, weeding and planting and news from the gardening world as it develops. We'll also bring you a special monthly bonus interview with some of our favourite gardening peers, discussing their lives and interests in horticulture. We'd be delighted if you join us down this garden path as we step inside the busy and exciting world of the modern head gardener. Oh, hello, Saul. It's so nice to see you again. It's been a week with our new format. A whole week, you know. How, yeah. are we, how are we surviving not talking to each other three well, three times a week to record <laughs> these podcasts? It is quite strange, to be honest, because uh, we love having a bit of a natter. So we just have to make sure it's now. It's quality, not quantity, is what shines through. So we've got to make sure what we say is important and, and valid and entertaining for you guys listening out there. So we can't waffle anymore. We've actually got to talk about things that we know oh, about. What? No, now I can't. You've put me under pressure. I can't do it. Uh, it's, I have had a lovely, lovely day today and yesterday. I went to the hall yesterday. I had a great time there. Uh, I've been in my own garden for a bit today, which was just, oh, lovely. I, it's f- for me... Um, I'm in full seed sowing mode. Anyone who follows me yeah, on Twitter, I tell you, I've I am... seen the pictures. They are. <laughs> if there isn't a picture of a Gretty uh, by now, which we know there is, <laughs> we know you've been sowing seeds. I have. I've sowed all sorts. I've sowed my glasshouse tomatoes and some glasshouse melons and cucumbers today. But my Gretty, very good germination. Uh, I've got a thicket of seedlings. So if you want any, you know, just give me a nudge. I love that. I, do you know, it's the, it's the, I haven't done any, and I, but I will at some point, I'm sure. Probably on my own, when I get my own plot, because uh, I have to grow things that the house like and trying to persuade them to eat some weird samphire plants. You know, I can hardly get them eating lettuces. So, you know, trying to get them to eat a Gretti is going to be quite difficult. Just but... sneak it, sneak it, sneak it in a little bit. Go on. Well, I'll eat it. I don't mind. We planted 150 onions today, so... Did we you? definitely like onions. Yeah, we got onions, spuds we did on last Wednesday, uh, St. Patrick's Day. Traditional day for me to plant my spuds yep. every year is St. Patrick's Day. Uh, sweet peas. First lot of sweet peas are growing yes. away up on the uh, on the wigwam. So, yeah. Are you, rubbing seems... your, are you rubbing your thighs? Yeah, I'll tell you what, there's some, uh, something's going on. And you look, you, I think you're just talking about all this planting. You're getting very excited about Besides it. Look, you're doing a big peas. reeves. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's it's not. It's it's actually it's quite. It's been quite a nice week for feeling like we're going forward in some oh, ways because things are being planted and, like you say, seeds are coming up. I noticed aubergine had germinated today, so that's really nice to see. Because I always worry about my aubergines; they take so much longer than the other solanaceae, the tomatoes, and the chilies. You they just, are a bit you watch sluggish, them. aren't they? Yeah, you watch them and you think hmm is it not going to do it this year and then two came up this morning so i thought thank god for that so that's nice but yeah it just feels like we're um we're sort of moving into the next stage we're we're definitely moving into spring aren't we we so much are we so much are, and that's why i think tonight we we wanted to embrace spring we've already done a podcast on the beginning of spring and what jobs you can do Mm. but actually we've touched on it already planting planting your onion sets planting out your potato tubers 
now is the time to get stuff in the ground and to plant. Yeah. And it's actually a big topic. Um, we can easily talk about it for half an hour tonight. We probably could make, maybe go on for an hour if we really, really try. But there's lots of ways to plant. And there's, I know in horticulture, we don't like to say there's a, right and a wrong because there's so many different right ways i think that's something that um does muddle especially newcomers you know they're sort of mm. thrown all these different ways of doing something and there's lots of right ways to plant there are mm. a few wrong ways and i think we just wanted to elaborate on that uh in this episode uh get people enthused about planting say what we're planting at our estates in our own gardens as well and yeah. um get people whipped up into a frenzy for the spring that's just about to hit us on the door I think I think you're right when you say there are a, a lot of right ways to plant, but there are definitely wrong things to do. And I, and I think in the long run, when I ever get asked what's wrong with this plant, I, I got a, a text from my dad two days ago. He planted a, a new tree or well, not a new tree. He planted a tree about a year ago and it was dead. And I said, it's dead, Aww. dad. And, and he said and he asked me why. It's because he planted it too deep, you know. So right. there are way, things to avoid to avoid long-term catastrophe because, well, trees aren't cheap, are they? And and some of the... <laughs> some the, of them aren't. I've had some quotes today in Blimey. Did you? Really? Yeah, they aren't. They aren't, especially magno, especially if you're getting things like magnolias and the really some of the fancy trees. You know, yeah. you're looking at 50 quid plus. So you do, really, you want to plant those well. But even, even herbaceous plants, you know, I know they can be a lot cheaper but you know people you want to plant them well to start with you only get one chance that is that is the thing you get one chance to plant these things well hmm. to get them off to a good start because if they don't get off to a good start and in a few years time you have to dig them up and restart them you have to restart the whole process and you'll find actually with a lot of plants it's not not with everything but with a lot of plants if they go backwards in the growth it can actually be quite hard to get them going in the other direction very yeah. quickly you know it can take quite a slow time for them to bulk up again so it is really worth focusing on planting things correctly the first time or, or you know well the first time just to get them off to the best of starts oh absolutely um so what we've got we've got herbaceous plants we've mm. got woody plants mm. we've got bare root plants just mm. on the tail end of that now and we've got potted plants and i think that would be maybe the four groups that we can talk about tonight but also prior to all that buying plants buying the right kind of plant not just mm. planting it but actually sourcing the right kind mm. of stock um as i mentioned we're just at the tail end of bare root season now you might be able to just get some bare root plants which are far less expensive than container grown and they often establish really quickly um yeah. so as i say they save money because there's especially if you are trying to do the mail order the transport costs are so much less for the nursery so they pass that that saving on to you um yeah as i say we're sort of at the tail end of the season but you might be able to get hold of some now it's generally woody woody stock but you can get herbaceous bare root as well so you know edibles like strawberries and lots of perennials too have you got any bare root going in at Stonelands? Well, we haven't got any this year, but I did do roses last year. Roses is a classic bare root, although mm. it's the same actually with most of the fruit trees as well. You can get apples, all kind, uh, cherries, all kinds of bare root. Yeah, he hedging as well. Yeah, hedging's a really and, and an easy way of doing it because you've got so much. You can literally just go along a whole row of hedging, get your spade, open a slip, put the, the bare root in and then close it up again. Really really quick and easy but you, you're right about bare root actually and the, i like bare root because you can really see the root system you can really see how 
healthy it is. You know, you'll, mm. you'll know instantly if the, if the roots aren't good. You know, they aren't, you know, solid, sort of massive, of nice, healthy-looking roots, you know, if they're slodgy or anything. And the other thing is you can see the, you can see the whole plant in its entirety. It's nice. And um, you also yeah. don't um, bring in, because they're bare root, you don't bring in any sort of pathogens or anything well, that or might be soil-based. Or vine or something like that. Or yeah. vi- yes, exactly, soil-borne pests. So that's quite a nice way of doing it. And like you say, it's is just a bit cheaper. Best way to do your roses, I think, is is definitely uh, bare root. But I, I suspect the majority of people will be probably buying container grow thing. The reason we buy container grow is you can plant them at any time of the year in some ways. Um, the yeah. best times of doing them are the spring and the autumn period when the soil is perfect, moisture and temperature. But... Um, a lot of people will be buying containers because that's how they do it in the the garden centre. Yeah, I will say it's worth trying to find uh, someone who does herbaceous bare roots because you'd be surprised how big a plant you can get for the same money as a container. And actually, the one thing with herbaceous is you want it to bulk up, which can take a few years. But sometimes you can actually buy quite big plants bare root from a wholesaler. Yeah, you very much can. Howard's Nursery is one that we we use at the hall. And mm. um, there's there's obviously many, many others as well. Can I just very quickly touch on berry? I know we're, we're talking about container growing, but yeah. one one thing that I would say is a major hazard with bare root, you've got to ensure that the plants are out of the ground for the shortest possible time. Mm. When I worked at Wisley on the advisory department, I was there for six years, we, we had lots of calls about trees and shrubs not establishing very well. And if people bought them bare root and then they were either in transit for too long or they didn't get them out of the packaging and into the ground or healed in somewhere mm. because the roots are very vulnerable. They, if they dry out um, at all, that can, especially the very fine fibrous roots, they're the first things to fry up and go. So just touching on that, make sure the bare root plants, as soon as you get delivery of them, you heal them in somewhere so that they don't yeah. dry out. He, either heal them in or plant them the day you get them. Yeah. Soak them in a bucket yeah. of water as well is always a good one, just to give the roots a real chance of sucking up a little bit of water. And uh, then if you do plant them, I like to, especially with woody plants mostly, uh, roses, camellias, etc., is to use uh, um, the micro... No, I'm about to say this wrong. Go on, you Don't say Don't worry. The m- mycorrhizal fungi. The mycorrhizal fungi. You know, root inoculants. That- that yeah. was going to be a complete tongue twister for me. I knew it was <laughs> going to. It's too late. It's too late for that kind of thing. But yes, mycorrhizal. Um, I find because uh, it used to be just for roses they recommended, but actually, mm. I find it really works well with all woody plants. They seem they do seem to establish just a little bit quicker. For yeah, me. I I must I do use it at the hall, and um, but I have yet to be able to make any honest observations about it that really with conviction so i i definitely think use them there's nothing wrong with using them at all and and the theory of them is fantastic i actually did my dissertation on my degree about um mycorrhizal fungi and their benefit to uh, other plants and the the effects are noticeable they really do protect the roots coat them and, and allow them to actually take up more water and nutrients than they would be on their own so yeah works a treat but i hand on heart couldn't say i've really noticed a massive difference because i haven't been trialing it a lot that's the only reason right so, yeah, yeah. But i'm really glad interested to know that you can you can see a difference yeah i think that's um i remember using it on camellia planting 20 years ago uh i used to work at anthony house which has a national collection of camellia japonica and uh it definitely you know we were getting 90 90 for five percent establishment on the camellia so i think it definitely was working on that one 
Um, you can use you can actually use it on container grown stuff as well. Just just make sure it's in connection with the roots on the outside of the pot. So it's not just bare root plants you can do. Um, so yes, uh, container grown stuff is the probably eighty percent of the kind of uh, plants that we're going to be getting, or probably eighty percent of the kind of plants that you you at home are going to be getting because you're going to be going down the garden center and getting the plants. Uh, and again, it's worth going to somewhere where you know you'll get good quality stock. And you can tell, I, lots of people tell you to knock the plants out of the pots just to check the roots. Now, how many people down the garden centre do you see doing that? I don't see many. I know. It's just it's probably just me, and they're probably looking at me thinking, what, what <laughs> are you doing? We used to say to people phoning up the advisory department to do that because it's very important to check the root system. It's the most fundamental part of your plant. Mm. If the roots aren't healthy, you know, forget it. So, um yeah, I think that you've got to bear in mind that the garden centre staff don't want to be sweeping up lots of spilt compost hither and thither. So, be, you know, be considerate about it. You know, don't take the mickey. But at the same yeah. time, especially with woody plants, if they are congested, so woody plants have a woody root system. That's generally how it works. And then once that root system is sort of hardened and set in stone, it's very difficult for it to break out. So with herbaceous plants, they're a little bit more forgiving because the root system is softer. And so if the plants are congested, you've got that beautiful mm. option with, especially with plump forming perennials, that you can split and divide a congested pot of herbaceous plants. But with a woody plant, so many times we used to get people sending in samples and you'd, you know, you'd, you'd look at the root system of a, a philadelphus or a hydrangea or whatever it was and it, you could see it was physically set in stone, spiralled around around the pot and then you get what we call root strangulation where the roots just can't escape that, that root bore and they don't break out into the surrounding earth. They don't establish and they fail within, you know, it might be a little bit of a lingering death. It might take a year or even sometimes mm. three, four years for that to happen, but they will struggle. So, when you're buying woody plants, that's when I think it's really important to, to look at that root system. Even if you just notice there's lots of moss and lichen on top of the pot, it gives you an indication of how long that plant's been growing in that container. It's quite amazing. I've had plants like mm. that and you uh, and yeah, you, it is a lingering death. It can take two, three years. And then you go to dig it up once it's died and you literally, it hasn't, it's still in the pot. It's still the pot shape in the root ball. So you know exactly what's happened. I'll also say the inverse is also mm. true. It's worth checking to see if they've actually established in a pot. I might be giving away a little trick here of the garden centre nursery trade, but sometimes they pot on plants what? just before the opening of a season so they can charge they? a little the bit more for a bigger swans? pot That's... and the plant hasn't established itself. They, that can happen. And I always think if you do find <laughs> that happens, avoid that garden center anyway but it is where because you really do want to make sure you're buying a good healthy plant and if it's mostly compost in the pot and no roots that's exactly the same as the strangulation thing it won't establish yeah. very well or you'll just be buying a plant with no roots so the roots is where the health of a plant really is but um yeah, it's worth checking those things i was gonna say let's move on to the the, the planting again we've got obviously the two different methods for or not sorry the two different types of plant for planting we've got our woody plants and our perennials and again i would probably say that perennials maybe are a tiny bit more forgiving um simply because they've got that ability yes. to really kind of produce new root systems and uh and you, as i say you, you can sort of split and divide them and um it's they're just a little bit more pliable woody plants a they're an investment B, obviously, sometimes they can be incredibly expensive if, if you're buying specimen plants. 
And so they do require, I would suggest, a little bit more care. And um, just going back again to the buying of the plants, and this is something that, again, I got asked a lot at Wisley, and, and I, I echo it at the estate. It's very tempting if you want to have a established plant, um, sorry, an established sort of bed or uh, whatever to go for, quite a sizable plant, which has a hefty price tag associated with it. Now, these plants can be really tricky to establish compared to much smaller, less expensive plants. So it can sometimes be you're sort of investing your money in, in a big specimen tree. It might actually be better to not spend out all that money, go for something slightly smaller, because mm. actually it's much easier for those smaller plants to establish themselves because the root system is that bit more small, it's not so mature, and so it can actually sort of nestle itself in and find its way into that patch of ground a lot more readily than a big specimen plant. I know a lot of you know uh, you know makeover programs do use big big plantings, and sometimes I I fear that you know unless the owner of that property is told that they do need a massive amount of water and care, what do they look like in a, a year's time or so? Do you know I've I've actually seen this happen over my time mm. that someone's put in a big tree because they want that instant impact. Yeah, And then I've seen a smaller tree next door overtake that tree within 10 years, you know, but just because they can get their roots down much more quicker and establish themselves. So it, especially trees, uh, I would say, go for a two year old sapling. Yeah. It may not look like much to start with, but they will be just a lot easier to establish. They'll get their roots down quicker. They don't need so much water to start with. Um, and also just from the point of view of your back you don't have to <laughs> dig a massive hole because the these big established trees trust me the the holes you have to create and then all of the staking and the, and sometimes you have to anchor them to the ground and things like that they do take a lot of investment mm -hmm. and you could be looking at 500 quid for just a tree whereas a sapling can cost you between 50 and 100 and you'll get just as good a specimen within to, like I say, a decade yeah. than you will if you put a, a full-size tree in. So it's worth doing. Now, it's really worth investing. In, we're talking about digging here. It's really worth investing in your ground prep completely before yeah. you put in any plant. And this actually is both woody and herbaceous. You don't want to just dig a hole, a shallow hole or too deep a hole, and just whack it in, put the soil in, and then say, hey, presto, you really need to start thinking about um, how you go around your ground prep. And this does come with uh, what your soil type is. So for you with sand, uh, it takes a bit more prep, actually, probably than clay, because clay can, can support the plant quite quickly. It's quite solid, whereas sand can slip around a bit. So you have to sort of put in a few more precautions, I guess. Anyway, I'm assuming. <laughs> well, um, I add, we add a lot of organic matter to right. the, to beds and things, but there is now this school of thought, isn't there, especially with trees and shrubs, that if you add too much organic matter, then in time it rots down and then the soil mm. slumps. And so then at that point, the tree or shrub, you planted it at the right level. And then as the organic matter rots away and, and shrinks and decomposes, the, the, the soil slumps and the tree then becomes too deep. And then if you get rain or waterlogging or whatever it might be, uh, then root rotting and death can occur. So, uh, we, yeah, I mean, on, like I say, at East Donald, we do, when we're planting, we do in the, the bottom of the hole add a good amount of, um, manure, well rotted, very well rotted manure from the estate or, and or slow release fertilizer, depending on the, the, 
um, the needs of the plant. But I tend not to add loads to the surrounding soil. Uh, we do dig it over uh, the area a lot to break up any compaction. It's funny, you wouldn't think sandy soils would compact that much. They really do. Uh, so yeah, you, you, you have, um, especially where there's a lot of footfall. We've got, we've got, um, some laburnums that need replacing by our pergola. And it's right where there's a gravel pathway and trying to dig the holes to get those things in. Oh my God. You've got to have, have had at least five shredded wheat to get that job done. Um, really? yes. Yeah, wow. so, so, so that's what we do at the, at the hall. I, I know with clay soils, having my parents are on heavy clay and, um, I do find that actually that can be a swine to dig. And <laughs> it can be <laughs> being polite about it. And um you have to be careful that you don't, as you say, just dig a little hole and plop your tree or shrub in and then sort of backfill with soil and hope that that's the job done. You do need to break up compaction because otherwise if there's again a lot of rainfall, you've got this little pocket of nicely dug over soil and the water just sits in that and then the mm. plants can rot. So, so yeah, I think digging over any soil type and making sure that there's enough ad- organic matter added, compaction is broken up, is, is really important. Mm. It's also worth, and this is a common yeah. thing you'll hear from all horticulturists, is plants to the surface of where the pot was. Mm-hmm. It's seriously worth not planting too proud or too deep because too proud and the root ball will just dry out and the plant will die too deep and you'll just set in rots uh, where the stem meets the soil so make sure you dig your hole the classic way of doing is people sometimes if you really don't know is just get a plank of wood sit it on the ground and then you can measure where the top of that root ball is to that plank. Yeah, That's the classic. Or your spade. Or you can use yeah. your spade if you you know when you're digging away. You can just level the spade on the, across the top of the soil and just make sure the depth's right. And don't you know if you if you're getting halfway through planting and you think oh hang on it's sunk a bit too deep and I can't be bothered to dig it up again. I'm really just going to fill the hole. Don't do that. Yeah, exactly. Please make the effort to go. Do you know what I've got to dig up and start again because that plant could be in there for you know, decades yeah. ideally. And, and it's it's just not worth trying to shortcut these things. So. Yeah, the other thing to remember with woody plants is they really don't like competition too near where the, the root ball is. So remove all the weeds. If, it's, if you're planting in a lawn, make a really nice tree circle. Uh, just remove the weeds and make sure it's, there's just a nice, maybe a foot of, of clear soil around the, around the stem of the tree. And then mulch, uh, you know, Oh, yeah, I was going to say mulch. It's so important. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, yeah. That, like I say, it locks in moisture. It, uh, it's and moisture for these newly planted things, especially for spring planting, because the other option is autumn planting, where plants have a a bit of a, a longer run up to get settled in before the summer. Spring planting means that the plants do have to settle in quite quickly before the the onset of summer drought. And sometimes we can get some really hot spring weather, which can catch people out. You you do need to make sure that plants are get well watered, but the mulch will do a lot to stop any evaporation from the soil surface. You want a good depth. I mean, four or five centimetres is what you should be going for. Don't just sprinkle over, say, two centimetres and think, ah, oh, I can't see the soil anymore. That's the job done. It needs to be a bit thicker than that. Um, so we talk about woody and obviously also a lot of the planting about this time is going to be your herbaceous plants. Now, herbaceous plants are, are a little bit more forgiving than you, your woody plants, uh, especially if you're planting on a scale, which we regularly do doing new borders. Um, but again, you do want to make sure that you plant them according to what the plant uh, likes. So in 80% of the uh, cases with herbaceous, 
it needs to be planted to where the root ball is. There are some exceptions. I, I can think of mm. things like clematis that needs planting a little bit deeper. Um, I find some of the, I'm just trying to think, some things like uh, geraniums actually like to be planted a little bit yeah. deeper. And some things actually like to be planted a bit shallower, like myringiums, just to let the water fall off so they're not sitting in too much water. So And beaded iris, you yeah. know, they're very shallow. They almost just sort of literally just nestle their roots in and they, they topple around a bit until they get going. Yeah, class, that's a very classic example. You don't really want to cover those rhizomes. So you do have to know your plants slightly on that. But then it is uh, quite simple with herbaceous. You just, you've got to dig a hole and then you've got to stick it in. For me, the, the thing that I make sure of and I try and teach my apprentices is, is you really want to make sure the plant is anchored well in the soil because... The worst thing is, is is it just sitting there and it can rock around Mm -hmm. and it's not really establishing the roots into the soil itself. So what I try to do is when I've put the plant in and I've you can either you can heal it in with a heel. I find that quite useful to really get it in or just use the like your wrists, really jam them into the crown of the plant around the soil and try and get it established. But then what I generally do is just grab a handful of leaves and see if I can pull it out of the ground. And if it comes away quick, very easily, then it's not planted correctly. But if it's established and you really have to tug, then um, then I find that that is uh, an established plant and it should do well. I don't know. Do you do the same? I, I don't tug at them, <laughs> but I do know what you mean. I know yeah. exactly what you mean, because like you say, you need to ensure that they are anchored in there's good contact between the plant and the soil mm. otherwise they just like you say they just dry out and they and they don't really get going we should talk also about teasing out the roots now this is important for both woody and herbaceous plants mm. because as we mentioned right in the beginning with woody plants the, the roots can spiral round and round so it's worth carefully trying to tease the roots out without doing too much damage herbaceous plants Again, this is where they can be more forgiving. If you get a congested plant, you knock it out of your pot, you're on your knees, you don't want to be planting. You can get some, some something like a secateur or maybe one of your noarchy tools and actually go through and cut into the the root system to try to encourage it to, to break out of that sort of fibrous mat so that it then isn't congested and, and spiralling around and root bound. So do do that. Be you have to be slightly gentle. I remember once I had a, an argument with one of my uh, my bosses because he was so hands on with it when it came to teasing out roots, um, and I did there fear for the plants' lives. You know, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's getting a balance right, but yeah, that is that is also important to do, as I say, just so that the roots are encouraged to grow out. Um, and then again with herbaceous plants, we've got a lot of the in the big herbaceous borders at the hall that we we plant up. Um, you want to put a mulch down after I've just ordered a lovely six cubic meters of well it's called soil improver but where we get it from the nursery it's a lovely lovely mulch and that really sets off a, a border one thing I do find that doesn't work very well is um if you have plants that then come in a little bit later in the season so your main established herbaceous plants are yeah. growing through and then you suddenly this stock becomes available or, or the plants are um delayed for say a month and then you try and winkle them in in maybe April going into May, it they they just don't compete with these herbaceous plants no, that romped really away. Mm. So it, it it's almost not even worth trying it unless you're very dedicated and you want to be irrigating and and making sure those plants out, aren't out competed by their neighbours. You know, make sure that this is, March going into early April is your planting window. If it starts going into May and the other plants nearby are already romping into growth. Maybe just wait until the autumn. Save your money. Do you 
you know what I do is if I do get plants like that or plants I just think are a bit weedy and I think these really aren't going to compete with some of the, the bigger basis plants, I'll actually plant them in a spare part of my veg garden. Perfect. I've actually got a, a growing out bit of the veg garden and I will just stick them in rows and actually bulk them up uh, over a season and then either plant them in the autumn when I when when you can establish them or wait till the next spring and I you're you're spot on because the amount of times that's happened to me where I've planted something and just all the herbaceous around it which is already really well established completely outcompetes it and I've lost the plant by June you can't even see it and you think well that was just a waste of time so you're right if you want to do planting of herbaceous now is a really good time don't leave it till too late you can do it in autumn again if 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 worst comes to worst but if you have a little space you know it doesn't have to be the veg garden it can actually just be a, a corner of the herbaceous border that is bare for the moment just peel them in somewhere to allow them to grow out and then stick them in that space later so we know easter's on the horizon oh, the weather yes. is getting the weather's getting better uh if you have any bare patches in your borders please Hopefully you'll take some inspiration from what we've discussed in this episode and you get planting, get on your knees, get the soil underneath your fingernails. That's it. Support our garden centres and get some plants in the ground in the next couple of weeks. And that brings this week's episode to an end. Whether you're a new listener or one of the podcast's friends, we hope you enjoyed listening in on what we had to say. Please do let us know as well either through a review with your podcast provider or direct to us on our Twitter feeds at Gardening Saul and at HeadGardenerLC. As spring unfolds and the gardening season progresses, we hope to bring you along on the sights, sounds and essential work that we are getting up to while we curate our marvellous green spaces. If you're a new gardener, welcome! There is not a better time to get some soil under your fingernails and join this thriving garden community. As head gardeners, all our work over the winter months is beginning to pay off in spring. So as two committed and enthusiastic friends, we hope you will join us every week to hear us chat excitedly about the gardens and industry we work in. It really is one of the best jobs in the world. So until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! goodbye!